we're back. I took a bit of a break. Hi, it's me, the real John Baker, uh, with your podcast of the week. Too lazy to write, and I've been really fucking lazy lately. Not even too lazy to write. I've been too lazy to do this damn podcast. Um, but really, why? What's the point? Uh, fuck. Has really anything happened since the last time I did this? Have we not been in a lockdown? Uh, well, not really a lockdown, but like quarantine, confinement, all by ourselves, uh, with family, with limited uh, interaction with friends. Um, I smile at people when I'm out. They have no idea because I have a mask on, as I hope you do too. Um, but really, what's happened? You know, nothing significant in the world there's not been an election uh or as i said a pandemic that's been primarily ignored by the people in power in the country that i am broadcasting from uh but hopefully to quote bruce springsteen better days are shining through um anyway i'm glad to be back though and i'm back in in such a way with such force uh, to to throw at you a new guest. A man I've been trying to secure for this very, very show since we spoke in July. And we hadn't spoken uh, in... When was 1993? It was either a week ago, 1993, or, you know, 27 years ago. 27 years ago. Wow. Um... His name, oh, his name, his name is Richard Corson, and he uh, was a guy who I met back in my uh, travelering days. We were roommates together on uh, Kibbutz, and Rich went on to work on such shows as Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, and another one that you may have heard of, and I hate it when people tease shit like that because you definitely heard of it. He worked with uh, John Stewart on The Daily Show for a number of years. And <clears throat> as we discussed, when uh, John Stewart uh, ended his time with The Daily Show, Rich decided it was too uh, time for him to move on too. So he's been doing a whole bunch of different things over the last couple of years. Uh, right now, he, his wife, and children live in Vermont, which is where we caught up. <laughs> Which is where we caught up with one another. We caught up with one another the other day over the phone, over the Zoom, uh, and we had a great little chat. It was it was it was just a lot of fun to uh, reconnect and uh, catch up with him and find out about what he's been up to, um, people he's met, people he's worked with. Um, we we reminisced about our first meeting. We discussed the weight of one of our one of one of uh, my previous podcast guests one of my earlier podcast guests we discussed his weight and uh, what his uh, he's been up to the man by the name of Paul Harris is is discussed as our other podcast guest uh, talked about in this podcast it's a it's a it's a podcast inside a podcast inside a podcast um, i hope you enjoy it here we go this is uh, richard corson and i um, on too lazy to write so enjoy it i'm recording this is that okay yeah, that's fine. Yeah, how are you, man? Uh, I, I have no way of answering that. <laughs> when we spoke, I've been asking people generally, like, how's your day going? Because it's like really the only way people can sort of like um, wrap their brain around that question. That's true. Because 
when we spoke in July, yeah, the world was ending. Yeah. And then you posted a picture in November uh, on Facebook. You had voted and you were happy. Yeah. For a moment, there was a fleeting, like, just this little moment of like hope and uh, joy that crept into my like uh, Jewy soul. Yeah, and then yeah, it's gone. It's totally gone. What do you What do you think is going to happen? Uh, can you pick a bucket? <laughs> We're talking about uh, the fall of our our little empire. Are you talking about um, sickness? Are we talking about my um, industry that's imploding? Uh, my kids, like which which one? Which one do you want to start that's with? True. That's true. Well, let's start with how how did you end up in Vermont? Um, we uh, we loved coming up here. We lived in New York forever. We lived in Brooklyn forever, and uh, we built a little house, a little getaway house up here on some friends' land. And we always assumed that we would retire up here, and we would spend our sort of golden days, like you know looking at leaves and drinking maple syrup out of a tap and uh we uh and then when uh my sort of steady uh gig ended Mm -hmm. i was like do i really want to take another like steady gig or do i want to like change it up and at that point we had you know two kids one young boy who was like you know a dog who you know (laughs) five o'clock at night you needed to like let him out otherwise you'd bounce off the walls. So we're like, maybe let's try like a different life for a little bit. So we ended up moving into our house up here. And um, you're enjoying it, obviously. Yeah, there's, it's, there's definitely, you know, upside to it. Uh, I'm enjoying it a little less now that I can't leave. um, Because sort of the New York, LA, Vermont balance was like, felt nourishing to my like cultural soul. Um, and being up here is great. And, you know, we go hiking and we do the, all the like Vermonty stuff, but I miss like, you know, uh, city activities. Right. And you talked about your previous gig. Can we talk about that a little? Sure. So you ended up, you were an executive producer on The Daily Show? Yeah, I oversaw production of The Daily Show for, uh, I started on the show as a producer then I went to Omni Central as a network executive who oversaw it. And then I went back uh, and ran John Stewart's company and um, looked over the Daily Show with John. And like in that time, um, you obviously so ran a ton of- Coke. Oh yeah? Oh, oh, I had Bob Dole doing rails off my fucking knob. It was the best see i i didn't want to ask you about that but i i thought that was what was going on bob dole generous lover i'm going to say that right here and right now okay um like is he the kind of guy he'll give you a reach around uh do you know what a rusty trombone is i do i do (laughs) yeah yeah a talented trombone player oh excellent um you were involved were you were you involved with the rally to restore sanity yeah now i need to know did you have any interaction with Don Novella? No, I did not have uh, any interaction with um, Don Novella. I want to know somebody who met Father Guido Sarducci, and you were the closest I could have uh, got to that. Yeah, our paths crossed, but we didn't, I didn't, you know, it was like, it was such a chaotic thing. Like, I wanted to interact with Cat Stevens. Okay. Uh, but it was like, you know, it just wasn't the venue for it. It was like everyone was coming in and out, and it was like, there's 500,000 people, and it was just nuts. Um, okay. But it was uh, it was super cool. Oh, was that me or you? That's me. Sorry. 
That's okay. Uh, now, do you remember, I think I asked you this, do you remember what you first asked me when we first met in 1993? No, I, you, you reminded me, uh, and then I, I forgot again. I had, you had asked me, you and Paul, Paul Harris, we sat down in the... Uh, ah, Paul, the, I remember yeah, Paul. Yeah, so Paul, actually I had Paul on the podcast oh, uh, you did? a while ago. Do you yeah, think he, he still weighs the same? He seemed like a really <laughs> guy that couldn't put on weight. Yeah, no, he was, well, I, I went back a year later to the kibbutz and he was the exact same, just shorter yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now is the kibbutz like a, a high tech, like super, like loaded, like luxe kibbutz? Well, they do a lot of uh, green energy stuff. Cool. And then they also have a, a learning institute, uh, like they built onto the kibbutz. So it's like a full on almost university, I think. That sounds like Nexium. It sounds a little bit like a cult. <laughs> like a cult? Yeah, Just like Ether Near is going to end up there and it's going to end up being a sex cult. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, it kind of was a bit of a sex cult. In a different way. Uh, anyway, so Paul, you and I, we sat down and yeah. you asked me about um, my masturbation uh, uh, frequency, frequency of mm, masturbation. Mm, I'm sorry yeah, about that. I, that's like, whatever. I think the previous um, roommate you had was a big masturbator. I think that's probably why I asked. I probably was just like, let's just like uh, get this out in the open. The other guy was, you know, like cranking all the time. Like, let's just show a little bit. Let's just have a little bit of a system in place. Yeah. I, like, let's put a sock on the door. Just know? something. Just something. Let's just be I'm not saying not and to I, do it. I'm saying just like, let's have some boundaries. I have a wonderful memory of you. Um, reading in your bed and you threw a book in the air and killed a fly this is what i remember that sounds right i could see myself yeah too. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, there as a kid. and then so the, you ended up you worked uh you said you were at mtv right i was yeah and how was that I you did, worked with yeah i started my career at mtv um uh, and that's how i kind of got started in television and worked my way up the ranks and like so has comedy always played like a big role in your in your life and your and obviously in your career yeah yeah i think so i i always loved you know subversive like comedy and satire as a kid you know i loved like you know the late night letterman you know um uh show i loved monty python i love just like uh people that just made fun of the establishment mm -hmm. um so i think i and then also in school i always you know I think used comedy and being funny as a way to like uh, just cope. So I always had, there's always a pull towards it. Yeah. Was there anybody in your, that you crossed paths with that you were just um, like just taken by, you couldn't believe you were meeting this hero of comedy? Yeah, I think, I think uh, George Carlin. Yeah. Uh, but for like, so I, my, my parents got divorced and my stepdad, who's the, just the nicest guy, but he's very different than me. Um, he, you know, had like an accounting firm and he was like super into like computers. And like uh, when I was a kid and I was like really into uh, sports and just kind of a little bit of a wild kid. So we didn't have like a ton of stuff that we both kind of could agree on as like common interest, but comedy was, he brought home some George Carlin albums and it was something that we both like could enjoy and sort of engage with um, and where our circles overlapped. 
And then I ran a show, a comedy show called Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. Sure. Um, and George Carlin was on it. And I invited my stepdad to come to the taping. And I said to George Carlin, I was like, you know, I just wanted to meet my stepdad. He's, you know, we listen to your albums. And there's like how we sort of like, that was our way of like our mutual language of bonding. It was like a very cool thing to meet George Carlin. He couldn't have been nicer. And he was so gracious and he was so seemingly uh, touched by the story and by the connection, you know, he felt like very human about it. And it was, so that was probably the big one. And then, you know, um, meeting Letterman was pretty cool, you know, like childhood idol, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, you know, this, I, I've been very fortunate that I've met, you know, most of the, you know, sort of modern day, you know, comedians and comics and had to interact with them. And mostly they've been great, you know, held up to the sort of hope that you have for them. And you've also met, like you said, you were doing Blow with Bob Dole. Yes. Um, and other political leaders, I'm imagining. Yep. Yep. Came across the show. Yep. So who were the top ones? I'm guessing there were a few Clintons probably in the mix. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I met all the, you know, the, we were so entrenched with the political um, conversation um, at The Daily Show. So we met everybody. Um, you know, uh, Bill Clinton is exactly, you know, what everyone says he is. He's, you know, when you're talking to him, you feel like you're the only person in the room. Um, Obama, of course, wildly charismatic. Um, uh, are you gonna get that? Is that your pizza? No, it's it's probably just spam. It's always spam. They're calling um, probably to tell me I I want a trip. Yeah. Or about my car warranty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, car John warranty. McCain, John McCain was super cool. Yeah, they are. You know, but also they all know the game. You know. Yeah. They're coming to us because they want to seem cool and youthful and tap into a, a different side of their you know um, the way they message. And, but so why is it now we're getting our, our actual news from comedy programs? Because they have no, um, no bias except for being funny. So there's no, they don't lean left. They don't lean right. You know, their, their views may lean a certain way, but they're not um, part of the like bias system. So, you know, um, John Oliver can say whatever the fuck he wants. He doesn't, he doesn't care if he gets access to, you know, if he pisses off the press secretary, he doesn't give a shit. He can just say what he wants because he can say the truth. So comics tend to be, um, you know, uh, just able to focus on the, the, the heart of the issue, not the, all the sort of stuff that goes into crafting a message. Okay, that's a good answer. Very good answer, Rich. Thank you, John. And what is the Vermont uh, Smoke and Cure hat? Oh, it's just a <laughs> sausage company. Um, oh, okay. I just like the hat. There's no, there's no, no. Uh, you know, it's not like my QAnon hat or whatever. That's like disguised as a sausage hat or whatever. Okay. I want to ask you. I'm, um, I have a note here. I did a little research. In 2010. Yeah. You were the executive producer on a show called The Naturalized. Yes. Um, where you, I, I wrote down Charo, David Rakoff, and Farid Zakari. Those were three of the people that you sort of profiled? Well, it was a, um, uh, a friend of mine's a documentary filmmaker, and he would bring us projects, um, and we were lucky enough to get them made. And he really wanted to do something about, um, it was um, 
there was this like, I don't know, there was a, I think during that time, there was this sort of anti-American sentiment that people were sort of like, it was hard to be patriotic. It's kind of like it is now a little bit, but with, um, and we wanted to remind people that it still is like a super desirable, like for some people it's everything, right? Like, so this filmmaker was like, let's do something about, uh, you know, um, people that are coming here and showing the joy and the lengths people will go to become Americans. And we all sort of felt like that's not political, that's not shitty, it's not, you know, um, partisan. It's just like, you know, reminding us all that like, you know, it's pretty good to be an American. Um, there's some great things about it. So we, so those folks were just like talking heads. All of them had become naturalized. We followed, I think four or five different people on their journeys to become naturalized from different countries. And then we had uh, talking heads sprinkled uh, in between and all those folks were sort of like adding color to their experience, their uh, experience becoming naturalized. Is it available anywhere now? I don't know. If you want to oh. see it, I think I can probably muster up a copy somewhere. I'll, I'll give it a look, maybe. I actually, it's funny. I had two Rakoffs on my podcast. Oh. Yeah. Uh, related to David? Yeah, his siblings. Oh, wow. David was, I mean, remarkable. What a remarkable guy. He, yeah. I, I tell a David Rakoff story all the time. Um, he, you know, when he went to his doctor, um, they diagnosed him with shoulder cancer. And um, it's something like I totally relate to. He, he, the doctor said, you know, it's pretty serious. And the only way we're going to be able to probably stop it is to cut off your left arm. And he said, um, he thought about it for a second. He said, if you cut off my left arm, how will I know when I'm having a heart attack? <laughs> that is sums up a neurotic Jew uh, better than anything else I've ever like <laughs> I've ever um, that I've ever heard. I was like that. I totally get that. Like he is, he's 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 three chess moves down and on the hypochondriac like uh, board. <laughs> well, I'm gonna uh, tag his siblings in this post because. His uh, sister, Ruth, is, um, she was a camp director when oh. I was a kid. Oh, cool. And uh, she was on to talk about the summer we were at camp and there was a uh, viral outbreak. Mm. And uh, she was 18 and had to basically run this, this summer camp. And then her, her brother, their brother, I should say, is a stand-up comic in Toronto. Oh, cool. Yeah, very talented family. David was, I mean, what an incredible guy. I mean, what an incredible writer, such a sweet guy. Um, just, yeah. And what are you working on now? Uh, well, it's uh, a little bit weird because of uh, the COVID uh, yeah. outbreak, but uh, I have a TV show, a pilot I'm about to shoot in New Zealand, um, the middle of December. And um, I also have um, a podcasting company. So we uh, are in the process of doing, um, uh, we have five podcasts out right now, and we have uh, a few more that are pretty exciting that uh, we're gonna announce in the next couple of weeks probably. Um, one with a pretty big name comic, um, and then a couple that are um, in the kids and family space with- um, Is it Gallagher? What's that? Is it Gallagher? No, no, we couldn't. It's get not him. Gallagher. Couldn't get him, he's great, he's, he's terrific. It's well, I think the visual, the, the um, 
the watermelon would be lost uh, in a podcast medium, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it, you could recreate that vibe. The gallery you really can't. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you were talking about um, Carlin, my, when I was 16, my father and I went to go see him in Ottawa mm. and um, the probably first comedian that we were probably the same tour my dad and I saw. It's absolutely. Cause what are you yeah. like your early fifties? Yeah, very early, very early, yeah. very, very early 50s. Okay. Very early. So I'll be 50 in two months. So, yes. um, but um, the first comedian, the the opening guy was just some hack. Like he, it was just all the, and he was, he had a piano. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of singing comedians. Um, but then Carlin came out and launched into just this whole it was all about like different variations on the word fuck and on the word shit it was like the seven words but like you know huge yeah and I was scared to laugh because I was 16 and I, you know I, I didn't know how my dad would react and I turned to him and he was doubled over and couldn't breathe he was you know just red in the face and I was like okay I can laugh yeah yeah, yeah. he took laugh. me there to laugh yeah yeah but it was it, that's that and he also, my dad also took me to see Cosby, which, you know, has mix, I have mixed feelings about that. Of course. <laughs> what, what's mixed about it? <laughs> like, said, yeah, he was really funny and he's also a uh, fucking rapist. Uh, that's more about you than him, it sounds like. Yeah. Mixed feelings. <laughs> oh, we laughed. And, oh, and anyway. I, listen, we all love pudding pops, but like, fuck. Dude. Hey, tell me a little bit about your wife. I know she wrote a book a few years ago and she's yeah. Canadian. How, how'd you Canadian? end up marrying a Canadian? She, uh, we met at school at college and um, uh, we're, we were friends in college and then we ended up getting together after college and she's just like a super talented, funny writer. Um, so she wrote a group of um, kind of linked uh memory stories that are all really funny about specific uh, milestones in her life that should have been joyful that she was able to, um, you know, uh, submarine with her, uh, you know, um, pessimistic attitude. And it's called, okay. I, don't, I don't have a happy place. And is she writing anymore? Yeah, she's writing her, she's writing her second book. And then she writes like um, a lot of like uh, kids stuff, like, you know, for, on the, you know, on the side, like, you know, Mad Libs and that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yep. I've never known anybody who wrote Mad Libs. It's interesting. Not even my wife. Think I can get her on the podcast? Uh, I think she's, uh, <laughs> she, I don't know. You have a better chance now that she doesn't leave the house. Yeah. What, like, I mean, you're hiking and like, how, what's the biggest city near? It's Burlington. How far are you from Burlington? Burlington's like an hour 45. We okay. go like, you know, the next sort of like step up is Northampton, Mass. Um, okay. Like a hippie kind of college town. So, you know, there's stuff to do there. You know, the, right. you, that was where like you could see an art house film or, you know, uh, you know, Mike Birbiglia would come through town and play in Northampton, you know. Um, but uh, yeah. And then Boston's two hours and New York is three hours. Is there anything uh, that that we should be watching now that that uh, you could recommend? I, I know everybody's watched the Queen's, the, yeah, the Queen's Gambit, and yeah. uh, what are, what should we wa be watching? Uh, I don't know. I just finished. Let's see. Uh, a late to the game, but I just finished 
uh, Better Call Saul, okay. um, which was great. Love Bob Odenkirk. Uh, and now I'm digging into, um, I just finished Tehran. Have you seen that? No. I think my wife about, watched it. It's about a female um, Mossad agent that gets left behind on a mission in Tehran and has to sort of work her way out of it and also sort of carry out a mission. Um, what else am I watching? Uh, I think I'm about to start Ted Lasso. I've heard good. Oh, things. that's fantastic. Yeah. I've heard good things about that. So I yeah. think that's next up. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ted Lasso was, um, there was a bit of a heart. I didn't expect it to be as, as he's such an optimist. So I didn't expect, I didn't know what to expect. And, yeah. And he's great. Um, yeah. So a couple of years ago, when I was back in Ottawa, I remember I, I used to um, volunteer at a blues festival. Mm -hmm. And one day I put a post up about how I had met somebody and you commented on that person because they worked for The Daily Show or worked with you uh, at times on The Daily Show. And it was A. Whitney Brown. Oh, sure. Yeah. What can you tell me? He was a really interesting dude. What, yeah. What, what, did really, he what was his really tortured soul? Uh, super talented, tortured soul. He was, I think he was married to the woman in, in a band called Carolyn Wonderland. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They lived in Austin, Texas, I think. Um, uh, yeah, he was one of the, like, he taught me a ton about, like, uh, comedy writing and producing. Um, super interesting guy. Super uh, demon-y. Um, had a really tough childhood. And, uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's out of the business now. I think he maybe writes oh, a really? little bit. I think, he's, yeah, I think he's out of the business. I also had an opportunity and I've dropped your name. Uh, I, I met, I was in Montreal and I walked by Colin Quinn. Oh, uh, yeah. Steak. Yes. And uh, I said, I knew you back in the early 90s. Yeah. Colin, just, uh, you just saw Colin he's, he's a fucking hilarious. I mean, what a talented guy. Yes. Prolific. And he's just one of those guys, man, that like there's certain comics that you can just, uh, Put him um, like just be like, give me here's two hours and here's three topics, and he'll come out with you're just like, oh my god, like you are a professional comedy writer, like you you can absolutely find a way in to these topics that you know most people in the world will never find, and that always amuses me. There's just people like that that can just sit down at a at a um, like Smigels like that too. It's like you just give them. An assignment and they just come back and they figure out you know how they can access that as comedy it's just incredible yeah he um i think what does he have like three specials that he did they were all sort of constitutionally american politics yeah. related yeah incredible oh, there's one i saw a long story down. short yeah, there's one where he broke down all the ethnicities when they came to the country, and it's just like, yes, absolutely, just the like, incredible run about um, stereotypes, but putting them in a historical context. It's just incredible, absolutely incredible. And uh, Dimitri Martin, that was another yeah. one of your credits. Yeah, sure. Um, what can you tell me about working with him and and, uh, and the He's such an interesting guy. He's such a um, He's such a tinkerer and uh, they're like, and such a uh, hands-on every aspect, like every little detail. Um, Cause he has such a specific point of view and such a specific like brand for lack of a better word. So 
that it's hard for him to attach to like a big TV production because he has his hands and everything. And it's like, you learn as you go that you need to let go of certain things and focus on other things. Um, and that's, I think, um, why he's such an incredible standup and he makes these incredible specials because he can just put everything into it. And it's harder for someone like him to have like a, a, a TV show that runs for a long time because they're just so labor intensive. We were watching a few weeks ago, one of his specials and he did a bit about um, like using a, the wrong door. It, mm. it was like such a bizarre joke, Yeah, but somehow it worked. Yeah, he's got like there's a Mitch Hedberg like joke writing quality. Right. Mitch has like a it's a, it's almost like a math formula to him. He like he understands like the formula of it. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a, like he's a student. Like he understands like absurd premise with grounded, you know, uh setup, you know, equal like he just has a this like ability to like put these things together that that like and and equals a laugh, you know, um, right. it's incredible. Is you mentioned earlier that you're uh, going to New Zealand? Is is that because they're kind of COVID issue yeah. free? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not going. I'm okay. we're shooting, and I'm going to monitor it from here. Um, but yeah, because of COVID, yeah, we're you know they're totally open. The comic who that I'm doing this with, um, he was like, I was at a. He lives. He's from New Zealand originally. Um, and then he moved to America and he's like, you know, kind of a famous, you know, comedic performer. And he, uh, he's like, I was at a concert last night with 10,000 people and no one had a mask on because of COVID in New Zealand. Wow. Like a full bubble around the country. What's it like in Vermont? Is it, I, I haven't seen. It's, uh, you know, it's manageable because it's Vermont and it's kind of, right. you know, uh, it's a rural population. You know, there's no big like, you know, hubs of lots of people running around, but, you know, we're starting to feel it again. You know, it's definitely, we're not immune to it. You know, cases are on the rise and certain schools have closed because there's been little outbreaks, but yeah, we're feeling it for sure. And then of course we live right across the river from New Hampshire, which is like, you know, no motorcycle helmets and they don't tell me what to do, you know? Um, so it, you know, yeah, it's around us for sure. Isn't there license plate New Hampshire's live free or die, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But those are two very extremes I find. Yeah. It's like no middle ground. It just no, it, it, they are America. Like, do not tell us what to do. Fuck you. Uh, I know I'm supposed to wear a seatbelt, but I'm not. Fuck you. Don't tell me. You know, I'm not right. wearing a Fuck you. Here's like, uh, right. And how are the kids how are the kids coping? Are they remote learning? Or are they in uh, one kid is full remote and one kid is in school two days a week? It's a fucking nightmare. It's like uh yeah. we like live in like a weird like uh our house has become like a, a like a family we work where we all go to like our own little spaces and then we meet in the kitchen for seltzer and I'm like, How's your day going? And my son's like, Pretty good, how's your day? Oh, pretty good. Did you see that thing last night? Yeah, all right. And then we meet back at dinner, you know, we just have like weird small talk in the hallways. Um, yeah. Yeah, not like I'm love being a parent, not cut out for this. Well, yeah, no one said it was going to be 24 seven. Yeah. For what are we eight months now? Eight months. Yeah. It'll and no end in sight. Yeah. Are you, and you said you're not able to go back to New York. There's I could go, but there's nothing to go back to. Like our offices are all closed, um, you know, until there's a vaccine, like no one's going to get in a, you know, um, no one's going to work in offices, you know, if you don't have to. And then, you know, TV shows, 
there's some that are shooting, but you know, it's like the really, really high budget shows are shooting because they can afford the, you know, what we call the COVID tax, which is like 30% on top of the budget. And then they're really, really, really small shows that are, you know, are under the radar. But everything else is like, you know, pretty much down right now. Are you uh, still listening to The Dead? I do still listen to The Dead. Yeah, on the occasion. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, um, it's like eating like a latke. It's like, oh, this feels good. Like, this is like, I remember this. This is like, uh, this reminds me of like uh, grandma's house. You know, it's just very comforting. I, I put on um, Jerry Band, Dear Prudence, in the car the other day. Mm. And my daughter was like, this is a three-minute song. Why yeah. is it 11 and a half minutes? Oh, my kids, they cannot stand Neil Young. They're like, they think it's like I put it on because I was going to like uh, Helpless the other day. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Like, they're like, are you like, my son was like, are you joking? Are you like, are you fucking with us? I was like, no, I actually... He's like, you like this? I was like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I've, my daughter does, she, she, she sings and she, um, she did a, she did her own cover of, uh, oh God, was it I Can See Clearly? I don't know, but she takes these songs that I love and she yeah. kind of makes them into her own versions. And I think I did a good job when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. My, my son will tolerate, he loves Tom Petty and he loves um, the, the Beatles. But then he's full on hip hop in every other way. And like, you know, took him to a hip hop show and I was like, oh my God, like, what, like, what is this? Yeah. It's like the zoo, you're just like, all right. Uh, but you, you know, you have to embrace it. Like you have to be like, all right, that's, they listen to. And my parents, I'm sure hated what I listened to. And yeah. um, the cycle continues. We, we took my kids when we first moved here to some show at like a warehouse in DC next to a strip club. Oh, good. And yeah, and um, all the fathers were at the back of the room. Yeah, and we were all on there. Yeah, so you, yeah, you're familiar with yeah. that. So. Yeah, yeah. Was it awkward when you walk by the strip club and they're like, "Hey, John," and your kids are like, <laughs> "Yeah, exactly." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How do you know? How do you know? Uh, I'm trying to think of a name. How do you know Crystal? There's always a Crystal, yeah. right? Yeah. Bubbles. How do you know Bubbles? The name of the club, by the way, was Silhouettes. Very classy. Yeah, that does sound. That sounds like a cut above. Silhouettes. Yeah. Listen, um, there's an inauguration happening here on January 20th. Yeah. And if you happen to be in the area, I got a bedroom in the basement. No chance, dude. Will not, not coming. No, I'm not going anywhere. Where the fuck am I going? Like. All right. Thank you, though. It's very kind of you. You know, if you're ever in the DC, I think I asked you this. You had gotten to DC before, obviously. Yeah, we, we I saw a lot when I was, uh, w you know, working on The Daily Show. Um, haven't gone, uh, haven't been in a while. But if I'm ever there, I definitely will, will look you up. We'll have a drink for sure. We'll I want to do, do like that. Three-way Zoom with Harris or something. I could I could do that. He, I'm going to tag him in this. He's going to be thrilled. Okay. Because uh, he still asks about it. He could raise 130. Do you think? I think he, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's stone, right? Because he's British, so it's oh, right. stone. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I, when I first got on Facebook, we connected, and he was like, "I'm an arborist," and I was like, "Yes, of course you are." Perfect. He is. We, awesome. we talked in depth about his his uh, arborist life. That's awesome. That sounds he like lives in Wales. Chill. It looks like it sounds like a very chill life. Yeah, he lives in Wales um, with his partner and their child, and he's nice. an arborist. 
Yeah. When you say um, porn, do you mean his uh, male lover or his? No, wife? no, his his female. Uh, I don't his, know if they ever got married. I'm fine with that. I always the the thing that my wife and I love to do we, to drive our son crazy, and it's just stupid for us. We say to our son, like, listen, if you uh, you know, if you get married, and uh, you know, if it's a girl, it's a guy, we're cool with it. And he's like, I'm not gay. I'm like, listen, just want to let you know we're cool with it. So every time we bring, like, do you think that woman's hot or that guy? Because we're fine with it. And he's like, I'm not gay. We're like overly liberal parents to a joke, uh, and he's, like, you leave me alone. I think. Do you want to end it there? Sure. You know what? I well, want to thank you. This was you, great man, podcast. So I'm just happy to be a guest. Well, you know what? I I try to keep it like I took a page out of uh, one of your podcasts. 25, 30 minutes. That's pretty yeah. much all people, you know. Well, we do that because there's like um, uh, the time relates to ad breaks. So you get a certain amount of ad breaks at you know at 26, and then you get and you know an additional couple slots at 44 so all it's all like sort of you know based on monetizing the stuff yeah and i'm not monetizing this good 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 <laughs> um okay I, look i want to thank you this has been uh, a long time coming yeah happy to do it man happy to help and and you'll hook me up with your wife and i'll get to talk to her oh that came out in a way that i think you meant uh maybe and then I mean, I'll hook you up with my if wife. I, if you I want. really your wife, right? Yeah, sure, John. Whatever. Happy to help. Whatever you want, buddy. I appreciate that, Rich. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Take care of yourself, man. All right. Later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Good, wasn't it? We spoke about Paul. We spoke about uh, his encounters with David Rakoff. We spoke about his, uh, his meetings with George Carlin. This is like stuff that this was good stuff, man. Um, his work with A. Whitney Brown. What other podcast talks about A. Whitney Brown? Um, I hope you enjoyed it. It was great catching up with him. Listen, I am going to leave now. I have some other guests in the works. Uh, I really hope they come through shortly. Um, it has been a long, long, long year. I have not gone home back to Ottawa in it will be a year next month and it is breaking my heart uh, because I'm not able to get there and see my parents and my fam- my brothers and sister-in-laws and, and nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles and cousins and la 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 It sucks, but because I live in America now, I have to be thankful for things because Thanksgiving's this week. So... I am thankful that, you know, I have my family here and I'm thankful for everybody who listens to this. I'm thankful for all the guests I've had, uh, past, present and future. And, um, I'm thankful that we're hopefully heading in a better direction. Like I said earlier, better days are shining through. These are better days, babe. Anyway, uh, I really am glad you uh, spent the last, uh, 45 minutes or so with me. Take care of yourselves. Happy Thanksgiving. If you're listening from anywhere other than America, happy Thursday, happy Friday, happy Saturday. Be careful, wear a mask, um, and look after each other. And I hope to be speaking to you real soon. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Twitter at The Real John Baker. Uh, Facebook, we're probably friends. 
And, uh, you know, you know where to find the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, or the website, toolazytowrite.com. The number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word right.com. Thanks so much. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving. Too lazy.